Whack Matters is brought to you by Audible.com. If you go to audibletrial.com slash whackmatters, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial where you can test out Audible's awesome audiobook monthly subscription service. Make sure to go to audibletrial.com slash whackmatters. Whack. 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 Matters! We hard peaked that. That's horrible audio. I'm so sorry to all of our listeners. And for, I mean, good news is we don't have that many. Or hopefully we went viral. I don't know. Who freaking knows? I can make us go viral. Okay, no, please don't. Please, please don't. I take it back. Please don't. Please, please. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, episode six of Tune In. This is the show where we believe that cartoons and all select cartoons can be made in such a way that uh, they're for all ages, that families can come together and enjoy these shows where they treat kids like they're intelligent and tell a good co- uh, comprehensive story, and they treat parents as if they want their kids to enjoy things and like they can watch it and enjoy it with their child. It tells good stories about very good things, and they um, don't hold back. They... Um, for things, if they can't show them, they allude to them, and it's just good storytelling that is appropriate for children also. I'm your host, Marcus Nip. This is my co-host... Billy Joel. Karsten Miller. Whew. So, we finished Dragon Prince. We're now talking about Justice League Unlimited. We're going to be going through um, all of Season 1, so the next few episodes of Tune In are going to be about Justice League Unlimited, but we're only going to be talking about the first two episodes of Season 1. This show is... Overhyped. W- not wrong. <laughs> wrong. Ah, oh, man. I just felt like triggering you there. I, I... This show has a special place in my heart. I love this show. I own all of it on DVD. It is one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Shout out to my brother for this was two different Christmas presents. Two years, I got Just League Unlimited Season 1 and then Season 2 from Michael for Christmas. Um, big, big fan of this show. I can't say enough good things about it. So I'm I'm hoping that um, Carson looks at it with a very um, realistic eye and can critique it better than I can. Because I... I I will have a bias towards this show. How about I just let you say everything good about it, and then at the end I just go in and rag on everything. You'll just, just, just freaking just dump completely me. make up it's, stuff if I have to. Trash. No, okay. No, I mean, let's be honest, but I think that, like, if if you notice something that's not good about the show, odds are I, I won't see it. So you can, you can point out the negative things about the show. But let's give it a quick little background. Um, so... The, there's a TV show. You probably have heard of it. We're going to do it at some point on this show called Batman the Animated Series. It was uh, made by Paul Dini and uh, Bruce Tim. Yes. Um, You're supposed to know these things. Sorry. Okay. Chill. And then after that show, or well, kind of during that show, there was a Superman show called Superman the Animated Series and then Batman Beyond. And then a show called Justice League. And now a show called Justice League Unlimited. So... um what we were doing so what we were kind of doing is um we're starting at the end here so there's this thing that exists called the bruce tim verse and sort of this bruce tim verse um 
was all the shows that Bruce Timm was the artist, and he had a lot of to do with pitching stories and talking about stories, but he's the artist. He made kind of the look and the design of all the thing. Hold on. <coughs> no, excuse me. Salute. So, we're starting at the end with Justice League Unlimited, kind of the culmination of a lot of that, and to that, I'm kind of sorry, but also, I... I Wait, this isn't like... I think we're starting with the best. I think Justice League Unlimited is one of the best all ages shows that exists. We, um, if you don't know, I mean, obviously Justice League, it's DC superheroes kind of getting together. Unlimited, there's a bunch of them. But let's kind of save it and we can talk about the show and let it sort of develop over time. Back so, when, this was basically like back when like the DC universe was like not ruined by the DC cinematic universe. Like when it didn't have the bad rap, when it was actually good. Well, I would, mm, boy, sorry. I would argue that, like, this show made it good. Like, this show, so, um, a neat thing of how influential Batman the Animated Series is, I've listened to a podcast called, uh, by Kevin Smith called Fat Man on Batman, where, uh, during the kind of earlier episodes of that show, he would interview, um, big influencers in, <sighs> excuse me, the Batman world, whether it be, um people who worked on Batman the Animated Series or people who were writers for DC or Marvel or whatever. And um, Batman the Animated Series would always get brought up anytime a comic book writer was talking about Batman. They, it was always a show that inspired them and they loved. Like, it was, it's a show that's done a lot. And I think that, like, a lot of the general public, like, as far as, like, what they know about superheroes and, like, especially the DC, DC pantheon comes from the animated series shows comes from batman superman batman beyond justice league and justice league unlimited whether they know it or not to where like a lot of people there's i think there's a firm generation and a large part of the generation that their green lantern is john stewart which is the african-american green lantern from this show i mean which is why i don't know why they went with hal jordan in that horrible ryan, ryan reynolds, reynolds movie yeah, yeah bef before that movie to me like Green Lantern was black. Yeah, like, it, it's because people know him from this show, and I would argue that there's a better pitch for Jon Stewart. I think biases here. I think Jon Stewart's a better Green Lantern. I like him a lot, and I, I think I'm in the minority. I mean, it's, Ryan Reynolds. It's usually a toss-up between Hal Jordan and um, Kyle Rayner, but we're not talking about comic books. We're talking about the TV show that is Justice League Unlimited. So first, we are going to be talking about episode one. Initiation. It was released July 31st, 2004, written by Stan Burkowitz. Br Let's just refer to him as Stan the Man. We're going to call him Stan. What were your initial thoughts? I freaking love this show. Yeah, so you're going to be pretty biased. Yes. So, initially, I I mean, I was, I, I didn't have cable as a kid. So I my television experience was limited to whatever was playing on PBS Kids, and then that was it. Because uh, this was back before Netflix and all that stuff, before before everything was at our fingertips. So this is kind of a new experience for me. Like I haven't seen the show before, and honestly, like right off the bat, it just jumps straight into the show. Not in like a bad way where you're kind of lost. It jumps straight in as in like it doesn't take it doesn't take a whole bunch of time to rev up. Like it. It opens up with 
a, a pretty well choreographed tight action scene. Yeah. Basically, this guy just and a group of thugs decide that they're going to rob a bank. Uh, not a bank. A supermarket. And they start robbing the supermarket. And then all of a sudden, uh, spandex-clad Cupid, not Hawkeye, jumps in. and uh, Green Arrow. Yeah. And shoots him up with a bunch of arrows and it's just like peace out i saved you guys you're welcome bye and then he gets beamed up to the well, justice green, green lantern comes yeah and it's just like hello fellow green man and uh they have a little they have a little back and forth and end up getting beamed up to the justice league space station base of operations it's called the watchtower just they talk about it a lot and stuff for easier purposes let's get the terminology out of the way we'll explain the terminology the first time we use it but ideally you're listening to this episode in order so whether you listen to the dragon prince episodes or not we are talking about a new show so if you're jumping in this is the jump off point but for later episodes we're going to be using terminology that the show talks about so watchtowers their space station where okay. all those superheroes are from thank you for that little bit of little tidbit of knowledge that little nugget of wisdom okay so they're in the watchtower now and there are lots and lots and lots of superheroes and normally in like when you're like setting up a show you you don't see all the characters right off the bat but seeing that this is not the first show in the series it kind of makes sense that all of those characters are there already because you've already met them in previous in previous runs of different shows that are connected in the same universe. Um, so they are so they're up there on the Watchtower, and Batman and Superman and Mar- Martian Manhunter are like, "Hey guys, guess what? There's a problem down on Earth. Uh, this place, probably China. I can't remember if they specify where it is exactly. I, I think it's a made up place." Okay, but the Pretty... guys look like Chinese Russian. Well, yeah, like guys. They, they like they, they like... give it a pl- like they give it a name, but it's a it's a fictional place. Um, so they get a big speech before they leave for the Watchtower. Um, from Superman essentially saying, "Hey, so this show is right off the the coattails of the Justice League TV show. So in that show, there's seven heroes, and you'll you'll learn this sort of through Justice League Limited as it goes on, but." It starts with seven heroes, and now Justice League Unlimited is sort of open to the entire DC pantheon of heroes. So Superman's giving them a speech, like essentially saying, here's how things are going to work. So they talk about how uh, Martian Manhunter is going to be kind of organizing everything, and it's going to be a well-oiled machine, but they're going to kind of run off of a system by Martian Manhunter. Also, you get a little back and forth between uh, Batman and Green Arrow, and Green Lantern and Green Arrow, about how he doesn't want to be part of the Justice League. Green Arrow is more of a lone wolf kind of guy. And he thinks that um, he's a very... This is... And they do a neat thing. In the comics, Green Arrow is very liberal as far as politics go. And they hold true to that in this show. To where he doesn't like the idea of this big kind of force throwing their weight around being a bunch of sort of superpowered thugs almost. Some could construe it as that. So he doesn't. he wants no part of that. He wants to look out for the little guy, as he said. He's not a monster fighter. It's an, it's an important plot point. So, as Carson said, there's a big radiation explosion or whatever. In not China. In not China. That um, Captain Adam, Green Lantern, Supergirl, and Green Arrow tags along 
tags yeah, along. Green Arrow's just like, okay, you're taking me back to Earth. I'll go with you. Yes, he he doesn't like the teleportation device, so he use he wants to leave on the javelin of a plane. Take it away. So they they go to the to the location of this nuclear mishap, and they're they're exploring, and then all these not Chinese soldiers come up, and they're just like, "Hey, you get out of." Uh, that's not that's even racist. A, that's not even a Chinese accent. You did. You did a racist. Is what you did. <laughs> I did a racist. So keep going. <laughs> um. So they're just like, get out of here. We don't want any part of your, of your business. Get get shoe skedaddle, and um, and uh, Green Arrow decides. You know what? While we're here. I'm just gonna, like, not play along, because uh, Green Lantern is just like, okay, guys, we just need to, like, play along with them <laughs> and not interfere, and then once we are in their trust, they'll let us they'll let us investigate what's going on. We'll kind of just, like, lay low. But Green Arrow's just like, you know what? I want to get out of here as fast as possible. So he runs off on his own, goes rogue, and it's just like, okay, I'm gonna figure this out myself. And uh, they discover that this nuclear mishap is actually this giant flaming monster robot thing uh yeah that's powered off of nukes yeah and it looks really okay real quick also let's just acknowledge what did you think of the art style like how do you think the show is animated and what do you think of the art design of the entire show it feels very 2009 it's well it came out in 2004 we're getting ahead of its time <laughs> oh okay but, feels very 2003 okay 2004 that era here's the thing i think it looks pretty sick yeah it it is a very good art style and um like also like the perspective like so i don't want to be that guy and i do i love this show and i just want to say good things about it we talked about in the last show we watched in the dragon prince and in other shows they have this bad habit of it looks like uh you know how like when you play like a computer game and it's like sort of pseudo lagging but it's not like lagging lagging you're losing like one two frames every now and then so it looks a little yeah, sluggish it, yeah, yeah. Feel, it's like chugging it feels yeah. like it's chugging um dragon prince and a lot of other animations do that these shows don't like just like unlimited unlimited doesn't chug it's just like, it's smooth is is that perhaps is it a hand-drawn show like frame by frame hand-drawn yeah yeah that shows like that often don't and it's really good like yeah. it's it's phenomenally done and like Again, I don't want to just rag on this, but also, just a shout out the the robot looks very cool. It does. It it looks tight, and that's kind of what I why I wanted to talk about it because the robot looks freaking sick. Keep going with the plot summary. So, uh, so Hawkeye, not Hawkeye, is like um, Green Hawkeye. Green, yeah, Green, not Hawkeye, is like oh wow, giant robot. I'm gonna shoot it with my arrows. It kind of does nothing. Surprise, surprise. Arrows aren't effective. Green Arrow used uh, used poison dart. It was not. It not, had not no effect. Um, so, so then, uh, <laughs> then Captain Adam and Green Arrow or Green Lantern and Supergirl and show up. They're just like, here, let's let's clean up your mess. Yeah, they they, they just fight off the robot, slapped and, around, and save the people. Though the people, the bridge went out. So there's a bunch of people who are about to get killed by this radiation monster robot. Uh, Green Lantern helps them across. They all get into a fight. Then he um, is not able to block a blast, a direct like point blank blast from the radiation robot. 
We should. What's a good name to call him? The Rad Robot. The ra- Rad. So Rad Robot. Um. So Green. Radbot. Green Lantern kind of gets taken out. Yeah, he's 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 down for the count, like hospitalized. Yes. So um. So Captain Adams just like, okay, guys, I got this. He goes up and he takes these special. Well, first they they escape and they're just like, okay, we gotta like recoup. Then they um they go and they talk to the people at the kind of they learn the not Chinese scientists. That, yeah, they learn essentially this was made because they were on the brink of war and they wanted something to kind of protect themselves. But they got greedy and created a monster. Yeah, and it's, so they lost control and then they built a way to stop it, but the radiation's too hot, so you can't get close to it. They so were there's too these these Continue. long rod things that you got to put in the chest of the robot. Essentially, you put one in there, it shuts down. So Captain Adam, Supergirl, Green Arrow are like, all right, let's go do it. Mm-hmm. So Captain Adam's just like, okay, I'm essentially just energy in a suit, so I should be able to handle the radiation. Yeah, he has all radiation. Like, his, his powers are radiation-based. Yeah, so he's just like, okay, I can handle this. So he takes the rods, and he flies up there, and he's about to jam the rods into the port. And then his suit gets ruptured and he's like oh crap and he just dips and goes up into space and explodes and he's gone he's gone now so supergirl's just like well i mean she gets a little angry a little heated i'm I'm pretty much superman i'm I'm pretty much god i can do this so gets slapped across the map yeah before you know it no powers no special um uh space police ring Green Arrow is the last guy of the last line of defense. I'm going to shoot it with a bunch of arrows. Maybe that'll do something. Oh, 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 shoot. It didn't didn't do nothing. It didn't do nothing. Cooter, get the cannon. We're going to need a crossbow. Um, So... (laughs) He, uh, essentially, he tries to shoot the rods into... The port, the, but he the misses because he's not Hawkeye. He misses twice. Hawkeye would have made the shot. He has one last rod, and he kind of takes his time. He connects it to one of his arrows while the whole time dodging blasts and getting closer and closer and closer to getting hit. He's getting tired. He's getting hot from the radiation. It is oh, not dude, looking great. He's been hot this whole episode. That character design, those broad shoulders. Oof, man, just freaking wo- that t- wide. Those tight pants. Those tight, tight Robin Hood pants. Um, mm, that sick facial hair. Oh, dude, he, he does, is a man's he does man. Ha- he does have a good goatee. He, he, you may not like it, that, but that, that blonde that hair? Is what the ideal male body looks like. That blonde hair? Mmm. Ah, oh, so he then... Getting a little excited. Sort of the last time, in the nick of time, that's what I was looking for... Uh, uses that last rod. He gets it into the into the port. The slips robot, the rod right into the port. The robot shuts off, and Supergirl flies in, punches the head off the robot. The day is saved. They all go back up. Um, you find out that all of them are fine. So Green Lantern's gonna make a recovery because they got the energy. There, they were able to save the energy from kind of expanding. From Captain Adam. From Captain so Adam. they're able to put it back into the, shove it back into the suit. Um, and then Batman sort of talking to Green Arrow at the end of the episode saying, I heard you stopped a monster. You said you weren't a monster killer, but you killed that, you stopped that monster. He's just like, hey dude, we could really use you. You should join our team. And he's yeah. just like, nah man, and, I'm not gonna, hey, is that a cute chick? I'm gonna stay. Yeah, and essentially the idea is, is Batman says, we need you to keep us honest. And that's a, I bring that up because that's a plot point that is brought up later. It is a important line this is episode one they get right into the action they also get right into the things that matter they're going to hold over and be relevant 
So there are things that matter for the entire season that happen in this episode. That's why I kind of brought that up. Yeah. That's episode one, though. So Green Arrow essentially chooses to stay because he thinks Black Canary. You don't know it's Black Canary yet. He finds her Well, attractive. unless you know well, anything yeah. about the DC. Yes, you... but she's not been introduced as a character, necessarily. In this series. Well, yes. In, in this show. That's episode one. Initiation. Let's get into episode 12. For the man who has everything. Because, uh, yeah. ladies, you should take notes. This this episode will really teach you what to get for that man in your life who has everything. So this was released... Just um, kidding. We have, no, we, we have no way to help you. This was released uh, August 7th of 2004. So it was a two-week gap for some reason. Rather than a week. So they missed a week and then episode two of the show came out. Um, this is based off of a comic book written by Alan Moore. So, like, it was, and it is a pretty close adaptation. There's a few changes, but not important enough. The comic book's really good. This episode's also really good. It was very well put together. It's key. It holds true to the continuity of the TV show, and that kind of is the only few things it changes about it to kind of make it make more sense in this universe. Mm -hmm. But the episode itself was written by a J.M. Dematias. Dematias. I don't know. I'm bad at names. Dematius. Essentially, the way this one starts is you get uh, sort of the what's called the Trinity in the Batman, or in the, not the Batman, in the DC Universe. So you get Superman, you get Batman, you get Wonder Woman. It's the main characters of this. Batman and Wonder Woman flying to the Fortress of Solitude in the Invisible Jet. Talking about how it is Batman's birthday. So, not Batman, Superman's birthday. My bad. Every so, day is Batman's birthday. Why? Because he's Batman. You're the worst. So they show up. They're talking about it. They make a good... There's a good funny joke where Diana uh, yells at Bruce for um, getting... She's like, you didn't get him a gift certificate, did you? And he's like, no. And he has an envelope. He got him cash. It's a it's a fun joke. Because, like, he's like, what do you shop for? And he says, the t- roll credits if you're a CinemaSense person. He says, what do you get for the man who has everything? Money. They show up. Superman has some weird plant alien he's all tangled up in tentacles and all that stuff and has some weird plant alien on him and um you come to find out this is a really simple episode that is largely taken up by a fight essentially we can kind of like it's just a giant fight scene with yeah so with some emotional filler yeah so what's going on is superman the a plant alien on him is making him live out the life that he wanted so in inside that deepest fantasies yes so he is on krypton still everything's fine he's married with a kid and he's living life on krypton and he's loving it like he's a farmer he's married and has a kid or he's married with a kid he's married and has a kid thank you important did i say with a kid you said he's married Um, with a kid no well yes he's married with a kid and then they have a kid yeah but you didn't pause so my bad so yes no and he's still on krypton and that's sort of like he's living life as if his planet didn't get destroyed and he's with his parents and family and it's it's really neat to see. And his kid has an uncomfortably large chin, and it's really disturbing and it distracting. Is, it is actually, that is, it is a not great character design, to be honest with you. But, it's like, let's just take Superman and just make him thin and short. Yeah, it was not great. But not do anything to his head. However, the uh, Jarrell character design I thought was good. Yeah. Which is Superman's dad. But not a, on a different note, there's a lot of really cool fighting that goes on in this episode, where essentially uh, Mongol... Uh, is there and he's you they fought him before superman fought him in the superman show he's mad he comes to try to be wants to destroy earth essentially 
Superman is the only one who can stop him. So you get to watch this really desperate losing fight from Wonder Woman's perspective, where she's throwing everything she has at this guy, and he's just kind of trucking through all of it. And it's really well done, and really well, like, even she's at the whole the whole fight she's fighting from her heels essentially like she's she's losing the whole fight but clearly throwing everything she has at this guy trying to stall trying to stall while bruce is trying to get this trying to rip all those tentacles off of superman yes essentially all that happens is he gets it off the thing jumps on batman and then you see batman's fantasy as his dad stops the mugger who kills his like so when joe chill kills martha and uh thomas wayne the dad, Thomas, gets in the fight and stops him. Is Bruce's fantasy. Until the thing gets ripped off, then the then the criminal gets the upper hand and yeah. shoots him. It's yeah. kind of sad to yeah. watch. Two, it's really sad yeah, to watch. There's two emotional scenes that are done really, really well, which is Bruce realizes he's in a fantasy. Or not Bruce. Um, um, Superman, Superman realizes he's yes, in a fantasy. Clark, so he, and then he takes his kid up to yeah. the roof and says, I believe that you don't exist. Uh, yeah, essentially. And You're you not this, real. This really then, sad thing where he watches wh- he just, what he, he wishes holds, his life was explode around him? Yeah, he holds his kid in his hands as as Krypton explodes around them, and they're both crying, and it's really sad. Yeah, it's really, and it's done really well. Like, it is it is a heart-wrenching part. Not gonna lie, almost TV cried. Show. Especially, okay, actually, no, I almost, not for that one. I almost cried for, for like, yes. for Batmans, because the then, way they do Batmans is like... It's all black and white and really noir-esque, and then you don't, you don't see... Thomas die, right? But you see it, a the, shadow of a gun. It is done in illusion, which I think it. They don't show it because they leave it up to the imagination, which I think right. gives it more impact. So the, can I explain it or was yes. that no, be going go into for, too no, much? Go for it. Okay, so when when the plant thing is wrapped around Bruce, he's walking out of the theater with his parents, and the mugger uh, walks up, and he's about to shoot. He's about to shoot uh, Thomas, but. Uh, Thomas grabs the 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 hand with the gun in it and points it away so that the shot doesn't hit anyone, and then he starts just wailing on this mugger and is has the upper hand and he's winning and Bruce is cheering yeah. him on like yeah dad you can do it and you see this really neat scene where on the outside like you see Batman, Batman like, and, he's, up, and he smiles and he's smiling which is really yeah. neat because batman doesn't smile but like i think in this show they there's a few times batman does smile and it carries weight and gravity to it yeah it's neat and it's just really precious seeing seeing kid bruce cheer on his father who's protecting his family and he's winning but then wonder woman rips starts ripping the plant off and as she gets more and more of the plant off you can tell that thomas is lose the fight yeah he's he starts to slowly lose the fight as more and more of the plant is removed and and little kid Bruce starts getting a little worried, and then she uh, Wonder Woman finally gets the plant off of Batman, and then, uh, and then that's the point where Thomas gets beat down by the criminal, and the criminal shoots him, and you, and then yeah, just the look yeah, of dread on kid Bruce's face, yes, and again, is just overwhelming. One the reason that I think it carries so much weight is rather than showing you this man get beat by the mugger. You see in like essentially shadow and silhouette, him lose the fight, and you are more focused on like that's kind of like on the side, and you you watch Bruce's face fill with dread, and you never see him pull the trigger. You just see Bruce's face, and you see the shadows. It is, and done, then you hear the shot. It's done so well. 
And, I mean, essentially, of course, what happens is, like, Batman, or when they woke up Superman, he goes and fights, beats up Mongol, and is kind of winning, but then almost doesn't win, and then they throw the, they throw the plant on Mongol. Mongol wraps around him. And then we're only left to fantasize about what he dreams about. Yeah, like, whatever his fantasy. I'm, I'm assuming he destroys Earth, whatever. And then there's a fun joke where Wonder Woman was like, well, I was going to give you a, a plant for your birthday. I got you this rose, which is like a new type of rose that they just created that's called um, Krypton or Kryptonian or something. I don't remember. Something like that. But it's just like seeing that you had a bad experience with plants. It's not yeah, really yeah, that great of a joke. Here, uh, Bruce brought cash. Yeah, Bruce brought cash. And then the episode ends. What is your initial response to this show? The show, overall, what I've seen so far, two episodes. I can't, I mean, I usually wait three episodes before I pass a judgment on the show. But this this show is looking up. Like, first episode, as soon as we got into it, like, I I had a pretty strong feeling that I was going to be enjoying this show. Um, Mainly because, I mean, it might be because I'm kind of a sucker for superhero shows. I really like superheroes. I like the concept of superheroes. Honestly, like, as a kid, and even now... I want to be a superhero. Like, if you it don't is, want to be a superhero, what's wrong with me, you? My desire to be a superhero and wear cosplay is the one thing that keeps me consistently working out. Not not that not trying to attract the opposite sex, not anything like that. Just the fact that I want to be able to effectively cosplay as a superhero someday is the only reason I work out ever at all. I mean, yeah, especially when you like get like the same body type as the character you're cosplaying there's nothing more satisfying than that like when you actually like fill out the costume properly it is it is i've never done it it is something i'm it. looking forward to I did and it once it was great and trying to do as we speak anyway it's a very good show one day you'll be a nice nightwing i'll do I'm freaking working on it man i'm psyched but more importantly it's a good show i'm psyched to talk about the uh, more of this show i think that this um, season only gets better from here on out. There's some really neat characters that are kind of mainstays for this season that we're going to meet very soon, and I'm psyched to do so. Um, that's going to kind of do it for our review show, but first some housekeeping things real quick. If you enjoyed this and you'd like to really help us out and um, would not like to spend any dollars and it can still help us out, if you hop on over to iTunes... Drop a five-star rating on us. Yeah, spend some of those precious life minutes of yours. You don't have to spend any of your dollars. Give us a five-star rating. It's going to really help us out in kind of the sponsorship realm. Get some clout as a podcast. Yeet. If you um, would like to kind of help us out in a more direct money-oriented way, there's a donate button on the Whack Matters website. Feel free to drop over there and donate a little bit of money if you kind of just want to help us out a little bit. Or you could you donate to my personal Patreon. We don't have Patreon. What, you no, have Patreon my, for real? No. Oh. No. I mean, if people want to pay me, I'll I'll make a Patreon. Just just give Carson money, whatever. Do it. Um, if you want to kind of help us out and get something a little bit for your money besides just helping us out, we have T-shirts. There's a merch link on the website. You can go and buy yourself a Whack Matter shirt. We have a gray one and a black one. I think they're very comfortable, nice shirts. I think the logo turned out very well. They are really great shirts. Yeah, I'm a big big fan and i'm not just saying that i know i know even if i was just saying that because it's the website that i'm working for um their t-shirt i'm also legitimately not just saying that it is it's a nice t-shirt i'm a fan of them um also feel free to go and check out audible audible um is the best way i think to kind of get audiobooks from like an online subscription 
uh, if lazy you, Americans who don't like taking time out of your day to like read words like, off of a page. Well, here's the thing: even if you do like to do that, like you're mowing the lawn, or it's getting cold here in the Midwest, or if you're somewhere it kind of snows a lot, like wait, while it's you're... not normal to like read a book while mowing the lawn. Do you do you you would whatever like while you're mowing the lawn, while you're driving to work, while you're doing some of these things. Heck, while you're in the shower. Yeah, I mean, I listen to podcasts while I'm in the shower. So after, like, let's say you listen to the two podcasts, the Whack Matters offering, you're like, oh, shoot, what am I supposed to do? What's supposed to give me that good ear feel? The answer is Audible. You can get some cool audiobooks. Um, A good all-ages audiobook, I think, that you could kind of listen to as a family would be uh, any of the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. I think are all really, really good, really fun fantasy stories. Except for the Horseman's Boy. That one's kind of weird. Yeah. I... I'm in the minority. I like Horseman's Boy. However, I understand why most people don't. I was a fan of Horseman's Boy, though. However, the whole time I was like, this doesn't have a ton of bearing on the rest of the story like all of them do. No, it's but, just like a... Or Caspian. Caspian's not... Caspian's the worst one. I think. Not a lot happens in Caspian. It's just as long as the rest of them, but nothing really happens. Honestly, the best one's probably the first one and the last one, in my opinion. I can get behind that. The last thing, of course, is I want to thank you for listening. I've been your host, Marcus Nip, with my co-host... Tuberculosis. Karsten Miller, and I want to remind you to tune in next, next time! Week. Dang it, time. You messed it up, dude.